soon he'll be far away And we'll have to run this race As long as we should never underestimate Someone who knows his place Unlike Tom Gully Ooh, such a little flame is Tom Gully I'm Jim Harbaugh, the Indianapolis Colts, and I recommend that you wear a helmet while listening to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, and children of all ages, prepare for entertainment. It's time for the Tom Gully Show. And now, here he is, a very special man, Tom Gully. That's right, I am Tom Gully, and you are watching us and or listening to us live today. Yeah, oh yeah. You might be watching and listening to us live in the Tom Gully Show Facebook chat room. You might be watching and listening live in the SonicAsylumRadio.com Facebook chat room. You might be watching and listening live in the Good Talk Radio Network chat room. Or you might just be listening. You might be listening on GoodTalkRadio.com. You might be listening on VulcanSoundRadio.com over in the UK. Or you might be... Just listening on Midnight Joker Radio at three uh, live three three live three sixty five dot com rented lips. Sorry. No matter how you're listening, why you're listening, where you're listening from, we're just damn glad you're listening. Frankly, uh, you know, you might be listening to us on Alexa also. So wherever you're doing your listening, we're happy about it. As always on this program. You can call in with any topic, any subject, at any time, automotive, lawn and garden, home home repair, personal relationships, hygiene. Uh, all you got to do is give us a call, 817-522-3948. Numbers at the bottom of the screen if you're watching us. If you're listening, get that pen and paper ready. 817-522-3948 is the number to call. Big night, big hump day. We have got... An amazing guest for you this evening. We have got acclaimed comedian and incredible author, Steve Bluestein. Now, those of you who are super familiar with this show know I've interviewed him before. He's written the funniest book I've ever read. It's called Memoir of a Nobody. You can get it on Amazon. He's got another book called Take My Prostate, Please. And that'll be available on Friday. He's going to talk to us about that. And we are going to laugh because he is funny. If anybody can make prostate cancer funny, it's Steve Bluestein. So uh, we're going to be giving him a call in about 12 minutes, quarter after. And that's what we're going to do on the show today. So uh, get ready. We're going to have a good time. At any rate, we got some great people in our chat room already. Wild Bill from Atlanta is with us. Christina Costello from there in North Carolina. George the Real Deal Neal. His show Pure Steel airs on Sonic Asylum Radio Fridays at 8 p.m. immediately following this program. And uh, we've also got, yes, you love her, you know her, you can't live without her. Kristen Taco from down there in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, let's see. George Neal says, uh, that Tom Gully song will be stuck on my head another 24 hours till I hear it again tomorrow. It is a vicious circle of earbug. We did talk about Rula Lenska, uh, you know, <laughs> in our pre-show. I don't know why we just did. I've got a lot of, uh, you know, this show has been referred to as the broadcasters show because a lot of broadcasters come into this room to watch the show. Very gratified by that. But sometimes I'm in the middle of my show and I get a notification that says their show just started. And I say to myself, hey man, you know, it's no secret what I'm on. It's five days a week and now you're on at the same. I mean, that's just not, I mean, I don't know how to take that. I just don't, it's, you know, it's kind of a kick in the groin, really. Uh, while Bill uh, greeting Julie Newmar, Miss Julie Newmar, who oversees the proceedings every evening. So at any rate, um, by the way, 
since we're going to be talking to Steve Bluestein, and I don't want to waste a second. When a fellow broadcaster goes on the air the same time as you do, well, that's a bunch of crap. And speaking of a bunch of crap, when your dog has a bunch of crap, there's really only one way to pick it up, and that's with the products supplied by our sponsor, Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags. That's right. Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, they are the most upscale designer premium way to pick up your dog's defecation. Whether you're on a dog walk or in the neighborhood or in your backyard, these extra thick biodegradable lemon-scented poopy bags are really the only way to handle your dog's poop. I mean, you knew your dog was going to crap when you got the dog, all right? It can't be a surprise to you. Don't use a CVS or Walmart bag. There's holes in the bottom. You're just going to have dookie business all over your mitts. No, no. Get these. For under $10, you can get a two-month supply. That's 120 of these babies. And that's if you take your dog out twice a day, as we've mentioned. If you only take your dog out once a year, this is 120 years right here for under 10 bucks. They're easy to get. All you got to do is go to rangerrobpoopybags.com or Amazon.com. And by the way, if you do go to Amazon to get these, just traipse on over to Steve Bluestein's books, Memoir of a Nobody, and Take My Prostate, Please. Get them all at once. There's probably a price break. Ranger Rob Pet Boopy Bags, the official sponsor of the Tom Gully Show. Ask for them by name. This is a real product, folks. I get so many Facebook messages going, it's hilarious, you got that thing, you even made a box, and blah, blah, blah. Not, no, it's a real thing. My sister Kelly, my sister, she she bought them. Uh, Otto Rowell has joined us, and everybody's saying hello in the chat rooms. I was loving when that happens. Can't get enough of that. Crystal Johnson is with us. So uh, people joining us. All over the internets. Wild Bill says, I lost my helmet. I don't know what that means. It sounds kind of dirty. So, see here. We got about about seven minutes till we ring up our good friend Steve Bluestein. I can't stress enough how hard I laughed at his book, um, Memoir of a Nobody. Okay? Like, I do lots of interviews with authors. You can go to my podcast and see all of them. I always read the book, always, from cover to cover. And his, I think I got on a PDF. So I sat down at my computer. It was late at night. It was seriously, it was like midnight. And I went, you know what? I'll read a couple chapters of this. I'll get up in the morning and read the rest of it. I sat through and read the whole thing. And I was laughing like an idiot. I mean, I was sitting there laughing out loud at this book. Funniest book I've ever read, hands down. Who knows? Take My Prostate, Please. His new book may, you know, surpass that. I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to talk to him. <coughs> From Los Angeles, California, or maybe Palm Springs. Hey, we'll, we'll get into all that when we get to just all settle down. We'll find out when we call. We'll find out when we call. People sharing the program, uh, we appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. I don't think we could be on any more networks. Although, it seems like these networks just ask us, hey, can we broadcast? Yeah, go ahead. We don't care. Do whatever you want. Go ahead, have it. We don't care. Yeah, yeah. England? Sure, go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> our good friends at VulcanSoundRadio.com apparently enjoying the program. Always nice to be wanted over in the UK. Mm. We need to get somebody in Australia because the opening song is some guys from is it New Zealand or Australia that, that wrote that and sent it to me. So we need to get them on the horn. I'm talking to you, Australia. Wild Bill said he's going to show uh, the Sonic Asylum page some love tonight. George Neal said, you think you laughed hard at the book, you would have laughed hard at my thong and top hat. Yeah, from that big event they had Saturday night at Harpo's in Detroit. 
36-year anniversary. They're still talking about it. It's legendary. It will go down in history that night, as will the thong and the top hat. Yeah, well, we'll see. And then, you know, you guys will get to see me tomorrow in my Halloween getup. So it'll be a special Halloween episode. I'm hoping all of you will be dressed up for that as well. I will be giving out candy. Jolly Ranchers. I had somebody tell me that's a choking hazard. You don't want to give those to kids. That's a choking hazard. I'm like, well, that might just make Halloween a little more fun. <laughs> more exciting. There won't be any pins or any of that stuff in there. It'll just be. Incidentally, I am going to be uh, turning this episode into a podcast. Uh, so those of you listening to the podcast, welcome to you as well. Welcome to you as well. We can't really have a Steve Bluestein, one of these big Hollywood celebrity types, on without uh, turning it into a podcast, for crying out loud. Let me get the number dialed here. Yeah. And I'll push the button in just two or three minutes. Okay, what else is going on in our chat rooms again? Happy hump day. Hope you're getting all the hump that you need. Um, all of them. Uh, people asking if Wild Bill found his helmet. Uh, yeah. Oh, Wild Bill. Uh, George Neal says he wore the thong and top hat to Walmart. He fit right in. I bet he did. I'll bet he did. That's not the worst thing you'll see. You know, I think I I should get a discount at Walmart every time I, I see butt crack. I've seen more butt crack at Walmart than in than my whole life put together. Uh, plumbers and, uh, you know, various uh, exterminators, you name it. Add them all up, not even close to Walmart. I probably see four or five butt cracks every time I go there. And I ought to be able to go up to the counter and, and the lady ought to say, okay, your total is blah, blah, blah. And I ought to go, hey, yeah, but I saw four butt crack. Okay, let me just give you your discount. That's but Because you shouldn't have to. Uh, I mean, there's no reason you should. Uh, I mean, I can't think of any. I mean, there's no. Uh, that's just. Uh, I mean, you, you know. You know, there's just there's very little. Uh, I can't. Uh, Landry Ray has joined us. Hello, Landry Ray. I would say update us with your fishing story, but i got to call somebody in a minute and a half. Big celebrity guest, Steve Bluestein. Funny, funny, funny man. Highly recommend that you go to Amazon and get his book, Memoir of a Nobody, and his new book, Take My Prostate, Please, comes out Friday. And I'm getting it Friday when it comes out. I will purchase it on Friday. Guaranteed. Um, Metal Maiden Vicky says, people be styling at the Walmart. Look out, fashionistas. Well, yeah, they're out there buying up v Alberto VO5. Trying to emulate Rula Lenska. I might ask uh, Steve if he remembers Rula Lenska. If anybody does, he I bet you he's one of them. He's a sharp guy. He wrote for the uh, new Brady, the Brady Bunch Variety Hour, and the new Candid Camera, amongst other things. It was in the movie Rabbit Test, uh, which was directed by Joan Rivers and starred Billy Crystal from back in the day. Highly underrated cult movie. Uh oh, I'm going to give Steve a call. Let's get this guy on the horn. Let's get him on the horn, shall we? Let's get this guy on the horn. Hello. Hi, may I speak to acclaimed Hi. comedian and author Steve Bluestein? Sorry, he's in prison. <laughs> <laughs> Daggone it. Um, maybe I can get some of those calls. You're receiving a call from the Los Angeles County prison. Will you accept the charges? <laughs> 
Yeah. No. Yeah. I just got a phone call about three minutes ago from the Department of Social Security telling me that there was a problem with my Social Security number, and if I just punched in my Social Security number, they would take care of it. I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah. Now, are I'll you? Bet. Yes. Are you in Go L.A. Ahead. or are you fully Palm Springs now? No, I'm fully uh, Rancho Mirage. Oh, okay, cool, cool. I, you know, I I had a place, I had a condo in in Palm Springs, and I thought, you know, this would be a nice place to retire to. And then I went to a couple of parties, and you know, it was it was like dwarfs and tank tops and eighty-year-old <laughs> women in spandex, and I thought, you know, I. I don't think I fit in here. So <laughs> I went I, I went over one town, Rancho Mirage. It's very Republican. Uh-oh. And, and so I feel like I'm a pioneer. Yeah. And, you know, I, I moved in, and three days later, the neighbor across the street put a for sale sign on the on their front lawn. And I, <laughs> I, I went over, I said, you know, I'm not taking this personally, but because I have an Obama poster in my garage, okay. and I think, and I think, and every time I open the garage, she had an epileptic, you know, an, a, a fit. So, <laughs> well, uh, I've been shilling not only your new book, but I always speak right. in glowing terms of your last book, the funniest book I have ever read. Uh, oh, your, that's sweet. Thanks. Your, your new book, uh, and I went through the, you know, open for Barry Mallow. I tried and did a really good job of not telling any of the stories, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Barry Manlow and Melissa Manchester and that whole thing and your mother yeah. and uh, Penny Marshall's party and the whole deal. Um, yeah. But your new book comes out Friday on Amazon. Right. And it's called uh, An Homage to Henny Youngman, Take My Prostate. Please, right, exactly, and, and that actually, you know, I I had prostate cancer, and um, I, I, you know, my life is, is like a series of mishaps, and so even when I got sick, things started happening, you know, wrong. Like I, I the doctor called the nurse from the doctor's office called and said. The doctor wants to see you on the 14th. I said, okay, great. I can see him on the 14th. Two days later, she called back and says, he won't be here on the 14th. Can you come in on the 21st? And I went, sure, I can be on the 21st. Two days later, she called me and says, he won't be here on the 21st. Can you come in on the 28th? And I said, yeah, I can come in on the 28th. So like a week later she called and I said, wait a minute, you're not changing the appointment again, are you? And she says, yeah, I'm sorry. He's not here on the 28th. I said, come on, he's got to practice medicine sometime. <laughs> Can I have one of those appointments? What is he? Does he have a second job? Is he a waiter someplace? What? Why can't I? Well, she started laughing. And then I said, you know what? I've got to, I better start documenting this. And so every day, you know, it was like three months, and every night I would get home and I would document what was going on. And it, and it was some stuff was funny, some was, you know, touching, some was really sad, you know, because you go through all kinds of emotions after you have cancer surgery. And, and uh, uh, I did. So, you know. So the so here's the interesting thing, the book the, they had a pre-release uh, version of the book and they put it on Amazon. I don't know why, maybe like a test, and it sold out in two days. Wow! And my agent my agent called and said your book sold out in two days. I said you're kidding. Who? And it's you know and and so I was so excited. I belonged to a bunch of prostate support groups <laughs> so I went on this prostate support group and said hey my book's coming out November 1st take my prostate please and they blocked me and took down my post oh man I know because evidently you're not supposed to self-promote but you know I wrote the book in an attempt to you know help other people who are other guys who are going through this I'll tell you the funniest thing that, that I 
that I said to the doctor, which was after my surgery, you know, I had been in the hospital for a couple of days and I came home and then it was about a week later and I had nurses come to the house and blah, blah, blah. So the doctor said, well, how are you feeling? And I said, doc, I've had more people touch my dick in the last week than all the 60s. <laughs> Well, that's what I was going to say about your appointment. It's like, what do I got to do to get somebody to touch my prostate around here? You know, and I know it was, and it was, and it was true. I mean, that in the hospital, I had a catheter, and and they had to lubricate the catheter, and the nurse comes in and she's lubricating the catheter, and I said, you know, I usually have dinner in a movie first. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, how did you discover that you had prostate cancer? Is this something that you just was during a normal checkup, or? Well, you know what? I, I honestly believe that I have an angel that sits on my shoulder, and uh, I get a, an annual checkup. Uh, once in uh, in May every year, I get an annual checkup, and we've been watching the PSA, which is the test they do for prostate cancer, and it had been going, you know, it'd been going up. But as I get as you get older, it's supposed to go up, so we weren't alarmed. I happened to have to go to see a, another doctor in May, I mean in January, and he said, "You want me to test your PSA now." Normally, I would say no, because I said, no, we just tested it at the other doctor. This time, I said, yeah, you know, test it, see what happened. Well, it had jumped four points from in three months, so that was a major red flag. And so I went right in and had a biopsy, and they, they found it. So we literally caught this in the first three months, and that's the message of the book, is that early detection is your best tool and um and so i encourage you know every man to go get his psa test as soon as he possibly can this is this something you can do at home because i i spend a lot of time no there's no psa home test you I, have to go to a doctor it's not like a pregnancy test I, sp I spend a lot of time you know handling that area personally and uh you know, I was wondering if you Wait could a minute. check out yourself, you know. No, you can't do that. You have to have a blood test. You have to do it at the doctor's office. Okay. So you he, he tells you this very, very bad news. And I, I, I mentioned in our pre-show I that I have to imagine this book is funny. I mean, not that it's all funny uh, considering the subject matter, but, you know, knowing you the little that I do, there has to be funny in this book, right? There is. There is funny. As a matter of fact, the book has already gotten one five-star review. One of the people who got the pre-release copy read it and left a review. And it was a woman, and she said she laughed and cried all through the book. And that's basically how it was going. You know, the day I went for surgery, the, 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 the nurse... A male nurse who took me into the surgery, you know, to the room, uh, told me to get undressed and get in the bed. And I got undressed and I got in the bed and I looked up at him from, you know, from underneath. And he had a full, he had full makeup under his chin. And I looked at him and I went, oh my God this guy did drag last night and didn't get off all the makeup. <laughs> because you get you could see the 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 the, the eye, a little bit of eyeliner, a little bit of eyebrows, and then full makeup under the chin. And I and I got hysterical laughing. I said, "Oh, this only I would notice. This only this happens to me, you know." Yeah, only in L.A. And well, only and in L.A. You maybe know, you you could have gotten some Judy Garland or Liza Minnelli songs out of him while you were waiting. <laughs> God, I don't know, oh, but man. um. And then, and then the uh, the I was on the eighth floor at Cedars, which is the uh, there's only no way to say it. It's the celebrity room, the celebrity floor. It's where the food's a little better, the rooms are a little better, the yeah. service is a little better. It's always better. And so, the day after surgery, the woman comes in with a with an iPad and says, uh, uh, "Good afternoon, uh, good morning, Mister Blistein. Uh, uh, I have the menu for the day." And I said. And she says, well, for, 
you can have uh, foie gras. And you, I said, what? 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 <laughs> I could barely get done. So the next morning, I ordered pancakes or something, and I described them in the book as these pancakes, the, our gang could have used them on their go-kart. <laughs> they, they were so... I, I, I couldn't... They were so, like... Little briquettes, and I put it. I ate one. It got stuck in my throat, and I thought I'm going to survive the cancer. And the people are going to say, "What did he die of?" And it's Peter's food. That's, well, that's so what how soon between yeah. diagnosis did you have? I mean, how long till you had uh, the it surgery? Was, it was a month. It was a month of, you know, I had more oscopies that in that month. I that's what I said in the book. I had every oscopy they could you could get a cystoscopy, a colonoscopy. I mean, I had them all. I, you know, and because they had to prepare you, they had to have yeah. chest X-ray and a blood test, and you know, and, and oh god, and each one of those tests was so anxiety causing because you're not sure if the cancer is spread. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, so um, you know, and then and then it's so it's the. It's the anxiety, and then it's the dive after the after the test, and then the anxiety about waiting for the test, and then the crash, and you find, you know, the release when you find out that you know everything's fine; it hasn't spread. Right. So, uh, so yeah, how long was the surgery? Was it a, a super invasive? I don't I mean, know. I was sleeping. <laughs> I mean, any surgery is bad. I mean, people go, yeah. oh, it was just a small surgery. It's like, eh, there's no such thing as a small surgery. Well, that's funny you should say that because the day after surgery, the doctor comes in to see me and he says, hi. I said, how am I? I feel like I just got hit by a bus. And he said, Steve, you just had major surgery. And I said, those words never crossed your lips when I was in your office. I would remember major surgery. You never said that. I'm sorry to be no. laughing, but it's funny. I know, but it's but it's true. And and then, then I mean, so many hilarious things. I was on the phone talking to a friend who called me when I was in the hospital, and three interns come in, and I said, I have to get off the phone. The cast of ER just walked in. <laughs> How long did uh, uh, did you have to remain in the hospital after surgery? I was uh, I was there two days, uh, they kept, and they, they, they I was supposed to be there twenty four hours. I was there forty eight hours, but uh, and I had to stay in a, an extra twenty four hours because my numbers were wrong, were bad, and I kept saying, "Well, what does that mean? <laughs> my numbers are bad," and they, no one would tell me. They would just say, "Well, you know, it happens sometimes." Not to me, it doesn't. <laughs> No, just for tell my me numbers. what number do I have to be at? Yeah. You know, and and so and then the you know then the on the second day he came in and he said, the doctor came in and he said, okay, your numbers are back to normal, you can go home. And it's so funny. I don't remember. I remember getting out of the bed. I remember being pushed down the hall. I don't remember going down in the elevator. I don't remember the ride home, but. When I got home, I, there were 16 stairs that I had to go up to get to the, you know, to get to my bedroom. And I remember thinking, I'm, I'm never going to do this. I'm never. And so it took me 40 minutes, but I got up those stairs. Yeah. And by the time, and by the time I got to my bed, I just, you know, I fell into the bed, and it was like I had just climbed climbed Mount Everest, you know. Yeah. Well. Uh, kind of along the same lines. When I was was much much younger, I was oh gosh twenty five or twenty six. I almost died of appendicitis, and they did a huge surgery on me. And they told me after two or three days I couldn't get out of bed. And you know they did the thing where you have to go to the bathroom or else we're gonna have to do some very nasty mm -hmm. things to parts you don't want nasty things done to. But they had the IV that was on rollers. And they said, you need to get up and start moving. And my room was at the very end of the hallway. So from my door to the end of the hallway was just the distance of the room, probably 20 mm -hmm. feet. And I walked to the end of that and back, and same thing. I, I thought I'm never, ever – I mean, I had a huge, like, you know, seven, eight-inch scar in my abdomen, but – 
when I got to the bed, I just collapsed in a pile of sweat and exhaustion. It was it's amazing, uh, isn't it? Yeah, because you know, they get me. They got me out of bed the next, the, the same day of the surgery. Come on, you have to walk down the hall. I said, no, you have to walk down the hall. I'm very happy right where I am. He said, no, you have to get out of bed. So, you know, and I'm walking down the hall with a, with a, a walker, and suddenly I, I'm thinking, oh, I'm my grandfather, and these old ladies passing me on the hallway, you know, they're sitting by me. And, I, and we got to, you know, Cedars is like a big square. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, it, it goes in, in, there are four hallways. He said, well, we got to the end of the first hall. We said, okay, now we're going down this one. And I said, there's no way. You kept me back to the room right now because I'm going to die right here. And you're going to drag the body back to the room. <laughs> and, you know, and so, yeah, I was exhausted. And there were days in recovery where I was so tired, you know, just getting up and going to the kitchen so exhausted me that Every bone in my body ached. And I remember sitting at the table saying, I can't sit here anymore. And then, you know, and then it was about three weeks. I woke up one morning and I said, I, 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 feel, I feel fine. I feel like myself, you know. But yeah. you have to take it slow because even though you feel fine in the morning, by one o'clock you're, you're, you know, your ass is dragging again. But, you know, um, it's two years. It, it was two years on Sunday since the surgery and... Everything's, you know, everything's been good since then. So, do they do they do checkup type things like my father had uh, colon cancer, and of course they took out, you know, ninety feet of his or something like that. But they mm. they got all of it. And at first he had to be checked up like once a month, and then they made it once every three months, and then they made and it once every six. A, yeah, of course. Yeah. That's where I'm at right now. I'm at. And he told me that this last checkup, I have to have blood work every six months, and he'll see me in a year. So, you know. A random so question. Do you remember Rula Lenska? Sure. <laughs> okay. uh, Some of my listeners were, and I were talking about it, and we had this huge Rula Lenska. Uh, it's still one of the biggest phenomenons I can remember growing up. You know, this woman that nobody knew who she was. Was it they a, made her up. Yeah, yeah they I made mean, her up. She was well. She was famous in England, but she came over here and they put her in commercials and and just they just pretended like she was famous. You know, right? They pretended like uh, when you're going to say when you said uh, do you know Rula Lent, I was going to say well why did she have prostate surgery? <laughs> yeah, is there a club? Do you know uh, if you run into other celebrities that have also had prostate surgery? <laughs> you... Yeah, I'm. You know, it's very strange how many uh, guys now will come up to me and, and you know, they're just so candid. You know, you know, I can't get an erection anymore, but I can, you know. So it's like, thanks, thanks for sharing. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, and then isn't there some percentage of people that go through it that do can and can't and all that stuff? I'm sure that wasn't yeah. a blast to hear about when they were talking to you. No, they they told me, you know, they gave me all the numbers, so I was prepared, and they said it would take two years, and it's, it's taken about two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I still have some side effects. Uh, I, I carry a diaper bag now, just like when I was a child, uh-huh. and uh, I may have to have a little bit more surgery in the, fall, in the spring uh, to correct that, but... You know, I don't have cancer, so that's good. There you go. There you go. So what what have you been doing lately other than... uh, Well, you know, I moved. Yeah. And... uh, My God, your artwork. (laughs) You you had some of your artwork posted online, and your your old place in Palm Springs, jeez, was like a show. And we talked about this, that you had just... You managed to find the greatest art in the world and had quite an art... I saw your place, and I was like, "Are you're either living in the Architectural Digest magazine or a museum somewhere?" It was spectacular. No, I, you know, I, I, my when I was on the road, my hobby was I used to go looking at, at uh, in junk shops, and I, and I just would find stuff, and uh, and I've been really lucky, you know. I, I, I have. 
I have about, I think, 175 or 200 works of art. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, no, because I touched the button. I thought I disconnected us. It's okay. Um, I have about 175 to 200. In the new house, if there's art everywhere, in the closets and uh, behind the doors and in the pantry and in all the bathrooms. There's one bathroom. There's, I call the Our Lady of the Water Closet because there's a stained glass window in the a stained glass window in the window and then it's surrounded by about 15 works of art and uh it's just that and a toilet it's you know it's a water closet well and you're the um, guy but, that was dumpster diving for a you saw right. the amazing painting and you pull it out and you have it just because you think it looks great and it in fact does and then you're talking to some famous artist i can't remember who and he mentions that a bunch of his stuff was thrown out exactly where you picked it out, and it was one of his paintings. Right, exactly. And and it was worth $15,000. <laughs> and he said to me, where'd you get it? And I didn't have the heart to tell him it was in a dumpster. So I said, I, I, I bought it in a little store in the valley. <laughs> you know, but uh, I, yeah, my new house, um, I've just, I, I sold my house in... in Palm Springs, and I bought this house in Rancho Mirage, and I don't think I've ever been so happy in my entire life, and people who know me are immediately going to check to see if this is an imposter, because I'm not happy, <laughs> but I, this, I mean, it's just great. I just love this place. It's, it's, it has, are you ready? It has six bathrooms oh my God. and five bedrooms with a guest house. It's 4,000 square feet. And wow. all of my friends say, what do you need a house that big for? Uh-huh. And I said, I've always wanted a huge house. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, and and now I have one. And I'm, I'm really happy. doesn't mean to say that in five years I may sell it. Because right. I'll be too old to walk around. But the, the other day... Uh, I was in the laundry room and I it was doing some laundry and I had to bring the clothes back to the master bedroom and the wa- the walk was so long I had to set my watch back. <laughs> We'd gone through another time zone. Now, were you able to do that because of uh, you know prices in Palm Springs versus you know Rancho right. Mirage? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know the the house I sold in L.A. Uh, and prices in LA go through the roof, and then things down here are a little bit more moderate and moderately priced. And so I could I could do this, this house in LA would be five million dollars easily. Oh wow! Easily, yeah. And I didn't pay anything near that. Well, but um, are you doing any stand up uh, these days? No, or? but you know I've just been asked to be on the Coachella Valley comedy festival uh selection committee so uh and if if there are comics out there comics sketch comedians and improv groups that want to submit to the festival they need to submit on a video or a cd and we will view them and uh they'll put out invitations to the festival so awesome. have, you can have people um, contact me through uh, Facebook. Now, did uh, did you get satellite installed in your new place, or? Oh, well, not satellite. <laughs> I have I have Spectrum. Okay. And yeah, and uh, I thought since you're you know, an expert at satellite installation, now maybe you'd gone that route. No, no, I, I, I know you're referring to the the satellite dish that I had installed in my other my other house, where, but um, uh, no, I I didn't get to that spectrum now, and I said uh, I said to someone if they had trained gorillas working at on the phones at Spectrum, it would have been easier and more efficient than the people I spoke to. The first woman I spoke to was in, like, I don't know, Sierra Leone. I don't know. You know, they outsourced the yeah. thing. 
She could barely speak English. I was on the phone for one hour setting a cable, internet, landline, and, and cellular, okay? Mm-hmm. So the next day I get an email, I'm sorry, I, we couldn't put through your order. So, and they give me a number to call, and I, I call the number, and, and they don't, uh, the woman says, I don't understand why this didn't go through. And I said, how did she spell my last name? And she said, B-K-U-E. <laughs> and I went, stop. <laughs> I think we found the problem. Yeah. So I said, just change the spelling. She says, no, I'm sorry. I can't. I have to do the whole number. I have so we have to go through a whole new thing, a whole new, another oh, hour on the phone. God. Right. Another hour on the phone setting up all the all this stuff. Okay. So now the guys that come to install the stuff, right? Uh-huh. So I tell them I want a phone a phone goes here, the kitchen you know, this goes to the bedroom here and I leave. He and he does the incision, comes back, he's left me with one foot of cable <laughs> from the wall to the box and it's on the floor. And I said I called him and said, what the hell am I supposed to do with that? I, you know, so they send the second guy out to fix the, the first guy did, and then they charge me double for installation. Oh, man. No, it, it's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. And every time you call, right. it's 45 minutes of dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. Right. We'll be with you in just a minute. Yeah. Oh, and then you they, want to go out. They try to upsell you on. Did you know Spectrum has pay-per-view movies that you can buy at any time? They try to upsell you right. on everything. Right. They have. right. You know, we got Spectrum. We got pencils this week. Dun, dun, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we have a listener that's asking if you are uh, anywhere near the the fires that are going on. In Southern no, California. I'm not, but my old house is. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah, and I, 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 my heart goes up to all my neighbors in the old neighborhood, but I'm not anywhere near the fires, and uh, it's really, it's really something, and you know, and it's, it's global warming. Uh, we, we're getting storms like we've never had before because we're we're drier than we've been before and it's hotter than it's been before and of course the moron in the white house doesn't want to admit that because he's got some connection to coal i don't know what it is maybe it's what he got in his christmas stocking i don't know well he gutted all the environmental safeguards right like his first day in office oh my god i I, you know, I don't want to get involved because I'll alienate half your audience, but yeah. I've never hated a president <laughs> as much as I hate this one. And, you know, my website keeps getting hacked by Russians. I'm not joking. Uh-huh. Once a month, my website gets hacked, and then I get a readout, you know, of yeah. who's visiting the website. And, you know, it'll say, it'll say, uh, Ben Blake in Los Angeles, so and so, and then it's all in Russian. It says Moscow. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because a friend, so-called friend, as a joke recently, signed me up for a dating service for Slavic women. <laughs> so I am getting hammered. Even as we speak, Tatiana would like to chat with you. Svetlana yeah. would like to chat with you. So my website is getting hammered by. Uh, by people from oh, the I know. Ukraine. I did that. I did that to a friend. I, the Stephen Schwartz's mother, who is like my own mother. I, I adore the woman. Um, she has the best sense of humor ever. You know, one 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 of my birthdays, I get a phone call and she said, "Look, Steve, for your birthday, we hired a limousine and I'll pick you up and take you to the rest." No, you didn't have. No, no, we wanted to. I said, "Okay, they'll be there at six o'clock." Six o'clock, my front doorbell rings, and I said, who is it? It's the chauffeur. Okay, I'll be right down. So I walk out down the driveway, and at the end of my driveway is a city garbage truck, <laughs> and the guy's got the door open. <laughs> he says, I'll be taking you to the restaurant. I said, you're, you're joking. I got hysterical. 
and Judy had set up having the garbage truck pick me up at my house. Oh my god! And and then when we got to the restaurant, I got out of the car and I slammed the door and I said, "Wait for me." <laughs> <laughs> And then another time, another birthday, she uh, she brought 30 people to my house at 4 o'clock in the morning in their pajamas. <laughs> and with, with cake. I've never been so happy in my life. It was the most I loved every minute of it. And they had, they had a surprise birthday party for me. And then there was, oh, yeah. And then I was at it. At a, I was doing a show, right? I was mm -hmm. doing a show. What I didn't know was that Judy got to the theater a little before me, like 20 minutes before me, and at every place, you know, every seat, she put a little note, we're pulling a practical joke on Steve Bluestein. do not laugh at anything he says. <laughs> so I get up, I do the first joke, silence. I do the second joke, silence. Oh, God. I do the third joke, flop sweat, yeah. silence. And I don't mean someone's tittering on the third. I mean you could have a pin drop yeah. in the room. And then I then I hear a bicycle horn, like this, and everybody starts to laugh. Uh -huh. And I just look at it, Judy Schwartz, I'm going to kill you. And the audience thought <laughs> his got hysterical and it was one of the best shows i ever did yeah you know because i just i was just uh riffing the whole time i was there on stage that's so. awesome that is awesome so uh so now you're cancer free you're in a new place you're in a new place, a new place. you're coming out I have with a new book yeah new book take my prostate please and available on amazon.com yes on friday or is it available now November first, uh, there are pre pre release uh, books that you can order now, but uh, I don't think they'll deliver them till after the first of November. Okay, well, because I'm going to buy one, and when I get it, I'm going to hold it up on the show all throughout November and part of December and say, "Hey, get oh, this that, book." That's so great. Thanks. Yeah. You know, the book is a black is a black cover uh -huh. with white block letters, and it says. Take my prostate, dot, 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 please. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the art director at the publishers sent me the copy, and it was yellow letters with red please in italics. Uh -huh. And I said, no, I don't want that. Yeah. And she said, why? You can't just put white letters out. And I went, because if you do it this way, it's a joke. Yeah. And I don't want it to be a joke. Right. I just wanted to retake my prostate, please. But there was a different. There was another reason: is that when you when your book is on a page with a hundred other books, yeah, and they're all colorful and you know and and have arts and crafts and all that stuff, and your book is black with white letters, it pops out from the rest of the books. So yeah. that's why I wanted to do it. Plus, cool. the title is so provocative that I think right. you know, people will will try to. Well, everybody it needs that. to pick it up on Amazon as as quickly as possible. Like I said, I'm getting it on Friday when it's available. And you Thank know, you. I think the world of you, and I just and I think the world of you. It is a pleasure to talk to you at any time, and uh, we're on like well, you know what? six networks you know I, and I, Alexa, and everybody's going to hear about it. So we'll keep promoting it. Thanks. I, you know, I do a lot of interviews, and when I call, when you call, it's like talking to an old friend. You ask great questions. It's easy to talk. I did an interview yesterday, and I the, the guy asked a question, I answered, and then it was like silence, beat, beat. <laughs> Beat, beat, and I go. Did someone die? What happened? <laughs> no, but you keep the conversation moving, and it's great. And I love talking to you, and I'll talk to you anytime. Okay. Well, all right. And it's it's a deal, and we gotta Thanks. we gotta get together. When I'm in L.A., I'm gonna. I'm gonna no, no, oh, yeah, you'll know. have to come up to you'll come up to the desert. Okay, we'll do. All right. Steve, you Are take you care. In? Call us anytime you need anything. All right, you too. All right, brother. It. Thank you. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The great 
the wonderful Steve Bluestein. Talk to this. I could talk to this guy, literally for, literally forever. I mean, uh, I have lucky enough to have little Facebook chats with him. He's always funny. He's always warm. He's always got something interesting to say. And uh, I highly recommend that uh, the next time you're on Amazon, get Memoir of a Nobody by Steve Bluestein, and also get um, get that wonderful, wonderful new book, Take My Prostate, Please. Now, we've had a few people request that I play again the condom song. So I'm going to do that right now. And when we come back, we'll uh, tie the show for you. Fine, because I want okay. to play this song. Here anyway, you go. This is uh, uh, a song from uh, Kurt Connor and Tom Gully and their band called The Rubber Band. The Rubber Band, okay. Uh, these gentlemen won um, one of our song contests a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've ne- returned. Uh, and uh, this is a, a new piece. I think you might enjoy this. Uh, I'm just going to play it for you right now. This is... Uh, the rubber band, actually, Kurt Connor and Tom Gully and their rubber band on Q95. One, two, three, in a package. Hey, condom. Hey, condom. Hey, condom. Hey, condom. They make the red one, they make the blue, they make the Trojans and the lambskin too, electronically tested with a nipple end. I have them in my wallet and I call them my friend. <laughs> I know the girls say no, so wear the condom and it's okay, oh. Wear the condom all day long and I'm wearing the condom as I sing it this song. <laughs> <laughs> this great big world and I've seen all kinds of girls. Some are short and some are tall, but the beauty of the condom, one size fits all. I know the girls say no, wear the condom and it's okay, oh. Wear the condom all day long and I'm wearing the condom as I sing it this song. <laughs> I don't want to put one on. Well, you must wear the condom and you'll have safe sex. It's like wearing the fur coat in Jamaica sun. Or you'll catch a disease and your life will be a wreck. But she is pure as the driven snow. Well, you must wear the condom and you'll have safe sex. But it don't snow much in Jamaica, though. <laughs> you'll catch a disease and your life will be a wreck. Talk to my baby, she say, let's get it on. Then she hand me condom and say, here, you get it on. Then I wonder when we are through, what I gonna do with this bag of goo? <laughs> And rubbers and sheepskins and raincoats and condoms, my mom. Boyfriend, <laughs> come and he won't That's uh, Kurt Connor and Tom uh, Gully and their rubber band. Very good. Their uh, new tune called The Condom Song. <laughs> Appropriately enough. Uh, Thank you, gentlemen. Endorsement uh, there uh, for <clears throat> safe sex, I guess. I guess, or something. I don't know. Uh, uh, interesting hello. approach to it. I think very <laughs> clever. Uh, thank you, fellas. Uh, Certainly. This is Q95. <laughs> you're with Bob and Tom. Mon. <laughs> Mon. We'll be back Monday. Yeah, it's from the Bob and Tom show from many years ago. And I got so many requests for it, I thought I'd play it here because I know. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going to be podcasting this particular episode. Hope you enjoyed, uh, all of you, the uh, interview with Steve Bluestein, and I'll rush out to get that new book. Um, take my prostate, please. I will be displaying it on the show. As soon as the good people of Amazon get it to me. We had some people uh, chatting in the chat room. Uh, Landry Ray apparently has had cancer and beat it once. He says he'll beat it again. Uh, and uh, and uh, best of success and, and good luck to him uh, for uh, doing that. Um, uh, people saying funny song, good deal. Uh, Metal Main Vicky apparently had some knee replacement surgery 
and uh, shared shared that with us as far as getting, I mean, any surgery you have. People always say it's just a minor surgery. There's no such thing as a minor surgery. I mean, they have inpatient, outpatient, and they'll do little things to you, but you are going to feel it. I was in the hospital for three solid weeks with mine. I was almost dead. I'm lucky to be alive because uh, mine was I had a ruptured appendix, and because I'm an idiot, I thought it was, oh, I'll just get better. It's just kind of some pain in my side. No, this is a dummy. And uh, I lost about 30 pounds while I was in the hospital, and I didn't have 30 pounds to lose back then. I mean, it was it was bad. Um, but, uh, Steve Bluestein, seriously, I could talk to him all day, every day. He's got a million great stories. Uh, this particular subject, um, you know, a little serious, but he finds a way to make it funny. Uh, if you want, you can go to the other interview I did with him. It's in podcast form at the Tom com. And that book, Memoir of a Nobody, is killer funny all the way through. It's got some poignant moments in it as well. And uh, I cannot rate, wait to pour through this one. I guarantee you I'll read it. The second I pick it up, I will come in, I will sit down, and I will read it cover to cover. And uh, I'll have it on the show. And you folks, uh, get ready because I'm going to be uh, harping on you to uh, purchase it uh, for quite some time. Uh, maybe all the way up to Christmas, because uh, you know I'm, I'm uh, pretty critical of uh, the books I read, and I've interviewed countless best-selling authors, and that book is the funniest. I mean, it is just laugh out loud funny, and you can't put it down. So, uh, and I, I wouldn't say that if it wasn't the truth. Believe me, I have a lot of good friends who've written books <laughs> that I've enjoyed, but. Uh, I wasn't able to say that about him. Uh, anyway, thanks to everybody uh, on uh, Good Talk Radio, Sonic Asylum Radio, Vulcan Sound Radio, and Midnight Joker Radio at Live365.com for listening in. And also those of you on Alexa and Sirius XM. And uh, thank you. It was a great interview. I, I he's such a, he, That guy can make anything funny. He, he really can. He can make getting a stamp on an envelope at the post office. Funny. Um, he's just a great guy. Absolutely great guy. And incidentally, I wasn't joking. The pictures of his place, it was like, it was like something you'd see in a movie. You know, that you went to some billionaire's house or, or James Bond goes to the, the evil guy's palatial. It It's, he's just not going to believe it. Um, at any rate, I'd like to thank everybody who was in our chat rooms today. We had Landry Ray. We had Metal Maiden Vicky. We had uh, Wild Bill. We had Christina Costello, the lovely and talented. We had George Neal with us. We had Kristen Taco. Otto Rowell was with us. And uh, countless others. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for being here. And... Uh, I guess uh, I'll be dressed up for Halloween tomorrow. You'll want to make sure and be here for that. Uh, those of you who watch the program, uh, those of you who just listen, I think I think you might hear a different tone of my voice uh, while I'm dressed up. I can't say that for sure, but uh, I'd like to think so. I, you know what? I am going to reach out and see if I can get Rula Lenska on this program. I don't know how I'm going to get her. She's in England, uh, but we'll, I, I think I'm going to try and track her down and say, hey, we, we might even want to start a Rula Lenska fan club over here all these years later. At any rate, that's going to do it for tonight's program. Thanks a lot to everybody who uh, was here, and thank you folks for listening. You really do make the show on all of our networks. Until next time, we'll see you next time. Well, the bug can't lift a twig For a dog that's nothing big But he don't want to And the dog can't grab a cat A raccoon can do all that But he don't want to And I dream of you at night While you hold your baby tight But he don't want you 
can see it in his eyes from the way he tells you lies. He don't want you. 